St. Cosmas, St. Damien, pray for us. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. I'm on duty. Terry, what about you, my friend? Yes, I'm on duty. It's Monday. Thank you, Jesus. Every morning is a gift for us. We can't count. Just don't take it for granted, everyone. Thank Jesus. There's an attitude of gratitude welcomed everywhere. Jess, you've picked some good topics today. And just so everybody knows, Jess is going to be out the second half of the show for a doctor's uh, appointment. So we'll continue there. Hey, Jess, this... uh, FBI raid of a home of a Catholic pro-life speaker. He's a friend of the show, Mark Huck, and it's horrifying what took place. Some people might have heard about it over the weekend, but we want to get into that. Also, another Cardinal Mueller comes out, and and, and I say this comes out swinging in the truth. He's condemning the Belgian bishops' push for same-sex blessings as not a good idea. No! Heretical! in opposition to revealed truth. Why don't you really tell me what you think, the Cardinal? See, we need more of that. And then, of course, I love the Mother Teresa's sisters. Uh, you know, Mother Teresa wanted to go to China for years, right, before she died in 97. Well, they are gonna, they're willing to let the sisters come into China with one condition. Wait till you hear what the condition is. And thanks be to God, they told President King said, go pound sand. We're not going to compromise one iota. I wish the Vatican could learn something from the missionaries. Also, Jesse, good news stories, all kinds of things that are happening. Uh, one, I love this uh, because of uh, your background as a cop. The New York judge rules COVID vaccine mandate for city police union is invalid. Now, wow. we keep hearing this. Good we news. hear about another one, good to know file, lawsuit challenges, Coast Guard, immoral and illegal re- uh, rejection of religious, religious exemptions. You know, more than 1,200 members of the Coast Guard joined in a, joined in a class action lawsuit. Jesse, you've been saying that this was needed to be done two years ago when it first happened, that this is going to turn into some class action lawsuits, and yeah. you were spot on on that. Here's only, the only problem with that, Terry, Tell is me. that a lot of these cops and servicemen, a lot of them have already buckled. And they've already gotten the jab. Oh, no. So these, you know, these that. lawsuits. Okay, so they we won two and a half years later. Now they're ruling in their favor. Yeah. A lot of these guys have already buckled and got the jab. And I can tell you, so many people right now that are sick and dying. Yes. As a as a result of putting that experimental jab on their oh, young God. people. Yes. Because they already have. They've already injected themselves with this this uh, this experimental vax. Yeah. Which is uh which has shown to cause medical problems, exacerbate medical problems. So it's good that these lawsuits are being won, but uh, that's two, two years too late. Amen. Jesse, I forgot the last thing we're going to talk about today is miracles that took place through the intercession of Padre Pio. And wait till you hear the story. At the end of the show, you're going to hear this one, folks, that you're going to say, man, Padre Pio, pray for us. We need vision. We need our eyes open in a culture that acts like God doesn't exist. Yeah. Just one last one thing. You probably saw this. New website explores the life and work of, of Pope Benedict XVI. And this is a response in Germany. It's now in English. A new website. You can ch- check it out by going to the National Catholic Register. But I love what it said, Jess. This, this website clearly teaches what... John Paul II and Benedict uh, had been, these teachings have been ignored, even overturned during this present pontiff. And they're really going after it and saying, look, this has, what you have here is continuity with Benedict and St. John Paul II. And what we're getting from Francis is not the continuity. We're getting something 
opposed to what the church has always talked about. And I just say thank you, whoever set the website up, because yes. people need wow. to know the perennial teachings of the we'll church. We'll put that website as soon as we know what, you, what it is. Jerry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to mention that uh, uh, unelected President Joe Biden this week, he claimed incorrectly yeah. that the church does not oppose some abortions. I know. Can you imagine this? He made this silly remark while commenting on a Republican proposal to restrict abortions after 15 weeks of gestation. Oh, my God. Here's what uh, unelected Joe Biden said. I happen to be a practicing Roman Catholic. Wrong. My church doesn't even make that argument. Oh, my God. This may be the most <laughs> yeah, Catholic vote. Brian Burr said this may be the most outrageous thing Joe Biden has ever said. Uh, does Joe Biden think he knows more about abortion than 2000 years of popes and bishops and 2000 years of the, of the perennial teachings of the Catholic Church? Yeah. Yeah. This guy is so out of touch He's with whacked. faith. Yeah. He's jumping over the trap door of hell. Also, Americans feel unsafe under Biden. A majority of Americans do not feel safe in this country. Good reason. According to a new a new poll for the Trafalgar Group, 69% of Americans report that they feel less safe today than they did two years ago. Also, Good reason. the average American income is down about $4,000, the, the household. The average American has lost $4,200 in annual income since President Biden took office due to soaring inflation and wow. interest, res, interest rates uh, wiping out income gains under the previous administration, according to the data compiled by the Heritage Foundation. And also, if you wonder why, uh, who's going after uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor, who's behind this? This great governor, all of a sudden he's, he's uh, being weighed down by lawsuits. Ah, George Soros Surprise. is behind the anti-DeSantis lawsuits. Soros from the Open Society Network since 2016 has has paid nearly 1.4 million to Alianza Americas, the activist group at the center of a class action lawsuit against Governor DeSantis of Florida and other Florida officials for migrant flights to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, so, yep, uh, anytime you ever want to see. Uh, who's funding something very evil. You don't have to look too far, Terry. George Soros. Yeah, follow the money. Jess, anything else before we get to the gospel, That's brother? it. Okay, That's let's get it. some soul food in our soul, brother. Let me do the first reading because this yep. has a lot of spiritual warfare, this yep. first reading. Yep. One day when the angels of God came to present themselves before the Lord, mm -hmm. Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming the earth and patrolling it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job, and that there is no one on earth like him, blameless and upright, fearing God and avoiding evil? But Satan answered the Lord and said, Is it for nothing that Job is God-fearing? Have you not surrounded him and his family and all that he has with your protection? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his livestock are spread over the land. But now put forth your hand and touch anything that he has, and surely he will blaspheme you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not lay a hand upon his person. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Here's the first thing that I want to say that will just put a lot of people at ease. Mm -hmm. Number one, the devil, nor do demons... They can't read your mind, number one. Number two, we know from this story, 
is that even in ordinary temptation, when people say, oh, no, I'm being attacked, I, I'm afflicted by demons, whatever's happening to you uh, in, in the diabolical realm, demons have to ask God permission. It's only by God's permission, and God allows this to happen to make us grow in virtue and make us grow in holiness. The story continues. And so one day while his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brothers, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses grazing beside them, and the Sabaeans, those are the enemies of, uh, of uh, God's people at the time, carried them off in a raid. They put the herdsmen to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another came and said, Lightning has fallen from heaven and struck the sheep and their shepherds and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he, uh, while he, was, while he was yet speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three columns, seized the camels, carried them off, and put those tending them to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another came and said, Your sons and daughters are eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother, when suddenly a great wind came across the desert and smote the four corners of the house. It fell upon the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. This is called demonic oppression, physical attacks upon a holy person. Then Job began to tear his cloak and cut off his hair. He cast himself prostrate upon the ground and said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I go back again. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor did he say anything dis disrespectful of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Job, Job understood one thing, that all of us are going to be physically tormented, attacked, uh, tempted and harassed by Satan and demons until 15 minutes after we drop dead and our bodies hold. He understood that. And uh, he knows that that's just part of the spiritual warfare that we're going to play out in this world because of our free will. A lot of us make bad decisions because of our concupiscence. A lot of us uh, are basically, uh, you know, we have psychological compatibility with demons. But ultimately, uh, Job understands that his trust is totally in the Lord. No matter what happened to him, his trust was in God Almighty. Not even his wife or his friends could shake his faith. His wife and his friends says, just curse God and die. He didn't listen to them. Good. And instead, instead, he actually says in the book of Job, he says, "Even though the Lord slay me, I will keep. I will keep singing praises to His name." Terry? And Jesse, you're a good example of that young man. Uh, not that young, but you got your health. Uh, you had a tough summer, and you could have. I'm still going through it too. Yeah, you're still going through it. You yeah. got doctor's appointments, but here's the point: you could have said, "Oh, why me?" No, Jesse, I would have knocked you if you would have said that. I'd have said, "Yes." God gave you this to offer this Why up for the me? salvation of, yeah. sa of souls. And that's what you're doing. And so you embrace that as a cross. Hey, this is uh, the Terry and Jesse show. We're here not to talk about ourselves. We're talking about the person of Jesus Christ. And we talk, we come back, we're going to talk about a personal friend of Jesse and myself who, yeah, the FBI raided his home in front of his children and wife with gunpoint and said, you're under arrest for what? Wait till you hear Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The ugly weaponization of law enforcement yep. 
The FBI is just uh, uh, just basically the military branch of the Biden administration. That's all they are. Yep, the FBI raids the home of a Catholic pro-life speaker, author, with guns drawn and his terrified kids as they watch. Uh, Mark Houck and his wife, Ryan Marie Houck, there's a beautiful picture of them there with their seven children. I can't, I can't even imagine what they went through. Ugh. The kids were all screaming, according to Ryan Mother. Marie Houck, the mom. Sure. She says it was all very, it was all just very scary and traumatic. Yeah, the, he, uh, Mark Cox, a well-known pro-life author, sidewalk counselor, and father of seven. He's the latest victim of the U.S. Departments of Justice-sponsored SWAT raid and arrest for supposed face act violations at his rural home as his children looked on screaming. Mark Hawk is a founder and president of the Kingsmen, which promotes healing for victims of pornography addiction and promotes Christian virtues among men in the U.S. and Europe. According to his wife, Ryan Marie, who spoke with LifeSite News, he also drives two hours south to Philadelphia every Wednesday to sidewalk counsel for six to eight hours at two different abortion centers. Wow. Ryan Marie, who is a homeschooling mother, described how the SWAT team of 25 to 30 FBI agents swarmed their property with around 15 vehicles at 7.05 this morning, having quickly surrounded the house with rifles in firing position. They started pounding on the door and yelling for us to open it. Before opening the door, she explained her husband tried to calm them, saying, Please, I'm going to open the door, but please, my children are in the home. I have seven babies in the house, but they just kept pounding and screaming. When Mark opened the door, they had these big, huge rifles pointed at Mark and pointed at his wife, Marie Ryan, Ryan Marie, and kind of pointed throughout the house. When, they, when the FBI came in, they ordered the kids to stay upstairs. Our upstairs, says Ryan Marie, she says it's open, so the kids were all, the, all, all at the top of the stairs, which faces the front door. And I was on the stairs as well, coming down. The kids were all just screaming. It was all just very scary and traumatic, she explained. I bet. After asking them why they were at the house, the agents said they were there to arrest Mark. When Ryan Marie, the wife, asked for their warrant, they said that they were, they were going to take him whether they had a warrant or not. What a stupid statement. Can you imagine? This is, uh, these, guys should, these guys should be fired and really? arrested. Really? kind of professional? Yeah, because this is called false imprisonment, Terry. Yeah. A cop that arrests somebody and he has no authority to do so, this is called false imprisonment. But, of course, they're going to have immunity because they were in uniform. Oh. I already know how that works. Really? I didn't know that, Jesse. Yeah, when Ryan Marie protests is saying this this is kidnapping, she said to the FBI, you just can't come to a person's house and kidnap them at gunpoint. Then they agreed to get the warrant for her from one of their vehicles. So they said, okay, this woman has half a brain, so they, yeah, yeah, they know they have to show you the warrant. At this point, Mark asked her to get him a sweatshirt and his rosaries, but when they returned, they already had loaded him into the vehicle. They provided the first page of the warrant and said they were taken into the federal building in downtown Philadelphia. After they had taken Mark and the, the kids were all screaming, saying that he, their dad was their best friend, the FBI agents on the porch kind of softened a bit. I think they realized what just happened. Or maybe they actually looked at the warrant. <laughs> Ryan Marie explained they looked pretty ashamed at what just has happened. As they should. As a result... The homeschooling mother and her kids were really sad and stressed. Mm -hmm. 
She said, I've already reached out to some psychiatrists and psychologists to try to help us through this. I really don't know what's going to come of it when you see guns pointed at your dad and your mom in your house when you first wake up in the morning, she lamented. So the warrant, it charged Mark with violating the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act due to a claimed attack of a patient escort. Ryan Marie stated this uh, charge comes from an incident that had already been thrown out of the district court in Philadelphia, but was somehow picked up once again and brought back to life by Merrick Garland's Department of Justice. Evil. On several occasions, when Mark went to, to the sidewalk council last year, he took his eldest son, who was only 12 at the time. And she explained that for weeks and weeks, a pro-abortion protester would speak to the boys saying crude, inappropriate, and disgusting things, such as your dad's a fag, and other statements that, that were too vulgar for her to convey. Repeatedly, Mark would tell this pro-abortion man that he did not have permission to speak to his son and please refrain from doing so. And he kept doing it and kind of came into his, his son's personal space, obscenely ridiculing his father. At this point, Mark shoved him away from his child and the guy fell back. He didn't have any injuries or anything, but he tried to sue Mark and the case was thrown out of court in the early summer. Since the Biden administration has taken power, in January 2021, Garland's Department of Justice and the FBI have committed dozens of SWAT team raids that have characterized a political weaponization of the federal agencies against who? Pro-lifers, mm -hmm. Trump supporters, conservative Christians, and medical freedom advocates. Terry, you and me fall under all four camps. Absolutely. Uh, you, and me, you and me shouldn't be surprised if we get our doors kicked in. I'm, I'm, I'm serious, and I'm not joking when I say that. Yeah, For example, in contrast to left-wing rioters who caused enormous damage in cities across the nation in 2020, and the vandals attacked dozens of pro-life centers this year with little or no legal ramifications, the DOJ implemented the harshest of consequences for those who identified as having anything to do with the disturbance at the Capitol on January 6, 2021. These actions have included early morning SWAT team arrest, ransacked homes, confiscation of property, indefinite pretrial solitary confinement without bail in a dedicated D.C. prison, significant physical abuse, and the violation of the constitutional rights to a speedy trial. Yes, yeah, let me just jump in and say, and you said it earlier in the show, how many people feel uncomfortable, unsafe in America? This is precisely why they should feel unsafe. Because right now, this government of ours is acting almost like a communist government that says a dictator would be more accurate, correct. So here's the thing. In March, the FBI rounded up 10 pro-life activists, including a good friend of ours, Joan Andrew Bell, with the SWAT team raids and served immediate and humiliate accused through an exercise of excessive force. Now, a surface video of one of these raids shows armed agents holding pro-lifers at gunpoint and ordering them to put their hands up, drop to their knees, and scoot backward and their front door in the middle of the night. The pro-lifers are respectful and compliant throughout the whole thing. Just before you continue on the article, just you're a cop for 20 years. What, doesn't somebody I would have go, never participated that's my in point. something like this. Yeah, what, what, what do you say? Like, I'm Ruben sorry. would have never, no Eddie way. Chavez, I don't, I don't uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie Brock. Not, no, I'm not going to do no, it. 
But yeah, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what they're doing, Terry. What are they doing? This is why they wanted to force the jab. The good guys out, uh, right? On on cops and yeah. and and servicemen. I'll tell you why. I can see this because they know that the people of faith were going to have claim a religious exemption, and you know people that are conservatives and well read. They're and, not going to comply they, to this. They're not. So this way, they can get rid of all the conservative, faithful cops Makes and military. Sense, Jesse. And the only people that are going to remain are the woke cops. Yep, and they'll do whatever. The woke, and guess what? They'll do this. Yeah. They will be attack dogs for the left. Wow. They have no conscience. They're moral relativists. See? They're not people of faith. I worked around them. They're they're not people of faith. They will do whatever the government says, whatever the chief or the sheriff says, they will do it without question, Terry. Yeah. Their moral conscience is gone. Yeah. And this is the only people that. The, the Biden administration wants in law enforcement and wants in the military. Yeah, you nailed it, Jess. And this is what we're up against. Some people would say you're conspiracy theories. Folks, think about what's happened in the last two years. And they all ask, come true. And ask yourself, could this be happening on my watch? Yes. And let's continue about the FBI, Jesse. Continue. Yeah, a surface video of one of these raids shows armed agents holding pro-lifers at gunpoint. Yep. And ordering them to put their hands up, yeah. drop to their knees, and scoot backward out of their front door in the middle of the night. Unbelievable. The pro-lifers -life are respectful and compliant throughout. After the FBI's unprecedented August raid on President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called it another escalation in the weaponization of federal agencies against the regime's political opponents. And that's what Biden does have. He has a regime. It's not an administration. An administration is under a republic. A regime is under a dictator. He has a regime. And soon after Joe Biden's September 1st speech where he declared war on conservative Christians, by the way, with a satanic backdrop, wow. dozens of Trump allies had their homes raided by the FBI, which Steve Bannon referred to as a Gestapo tactic and said it was all about intimidation. In response to the raid on the Hawk residence this morning, however, local pro-life advocates don't seem to be intimidated, but energized. In addition to sponsoring a fundraiser for this family, they will be holding a prayer, uh, a prayer rally at the Philadelphia Women's Center abortion uh, facility at 777 Apple Tree Street from 10.30 a.m. to noon on Saturday, September 24th. All are invited to come and pray peacefully and make a financial donation as well. Just you can go to, yeah, no, givesendgo.com, givesendgo.com. Uh, if you go on this article, you can click on the link so you can donate exactly. to the Hauk family. Amen. Thanks be to God. Uh, he's he's going to need this for legal expenses. He needs $200,000 for legal expenses. His goal is $200,000. He's, he's already raised $187,000. Wow. I'm going to donate right I after am the too. show. This is awesome. Yeah. Jesse, uh, make a prediction because I believe the government is going to take this one on the, on the chin because what took place was totally uh, not according to law. Oh, this is government-sponsored bullying and intimidation. Yeah. This is going to go to the courts in about six months, you know, when all this blows over. And Mark Houck and his wife are going to have an incredible lawsuit on their hands against the so. FBI. And what's going to happen, they're going to sweep it under the carpet. It's not going to go to court because they're going to get, they'll get killed in a court of law by a jury for what they did. So they're going to settle out of court. And uh, Mark Houck and his wife are going to get a big fat paycheck and good for them. I hope they break the piggy bank of the FBI's budget because this was evil what they did. And, of course, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me that one of the only bishops or the only bishop so far that has denounced this is our own Bishop Joseph Strickland. Of course. He's on, on Twitter. It's, he, he put this out, quote, The description of this arrest 
sounds like it took place in a totalitarian state. Yep. This is a tragic unraveling of justice in America. Yeah, thank you, Bishop Strickland, once again, uh, being the only bishop to speak out against this. Terry, all I could say is this, is uh, I personally don't trust any of these alphabet soup agencies, CIA, FBI, CDC. I don't trust them under the Biden administration. Under Democrat rule, I don't trust them. I don't blame you. Hey, I just want to give a good plug, Jesse. Couple uh, world premiere October eighth for um, the disconnected. It's just a behind the transgender explosion. I'm going to be uh, talking with with um, our friend here who put the movie out to get to what he did. So his name's Don Johnson. But I want to plug that movie. It's uh, going to be the world premieres October eighth. That's the same day that Mother Teresa's film is also coming out. So we've got good things to support in the theaters. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about one of our other friends. You mentioned Bishop Strickland. Well, Cardinal Mueller also, another outspoken bishop in the Catholic Church regarding the Belgian bishops. Wait to hear what he has to say. Stay with us, man. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse went to the doctor. He's still healing. And folks, just to give you an update, he is getting better every day. Thanks be to God. Our next topic, again, is Cardinal uh, Gernhard Mueller, who I met one time at a seminary out in Mundelein, Illinois. Very impressive man. Six foot four. Just a towering guy. He was the former head for the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith. Uh, he's written some statements that are rebuking the Belgian bishops for their September 20th document approving homosexual relations and offering them a liturgical blessing. See, this is the kind of bishop we all look for when it comes to seeing error and, t- and giving us the truth. Wait till you hear what he has, he, how he describes this. He said, in a statement he sent to LifeSite by Cardinal Mueller, he described this Belgian decision as being heretical. Now, I know, you folks, that there are other Catholic apologists out here on the West Coast who are saying, it's not heretical, come on, calm down. Well, you know what? I'm going with the prefect of the doctrine of the faith. It's heretical and diametrically opposed to the word of God on marriage, family, and the creation of man as man or woman. Well, that's succinctly saying it, isn't it? Now, as reported in LifeSite News back on September 20th, again, just to review for those who don't know, the Catholic bishops of Flanders, that's the Dutch-speaking part of Belgium, published a document on the day in favor of a pastoral closeness to homosexual persons, including suggestions for a public church blessing of same-sex couples. I can make a suggestion uh, that says in the the, uh, idea of having a pastoral approach. Give them the gospel, not some social idea that's just come up. Now, Smith wrote that it's likely to be the first time worldwide ever that a group of Catholic bishops have officially green-lighted such a public ceremony of blessings for homosexual unions as such is directed in contradiction to last year's ban of such liturgies by the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. So in your face is what they say. You know, I don't care. 
These bishops are going, who cares what you say? Your church? We have our opinion. See, that's, again, that's a worldly view. These bishops, therefore, are explicitly opposing the Vatican's recently reaffirming teaching on this matter because it's the biblical worldview on this matter. Now, the statement of Flemish bishops, they published it on their website of the Belgian bishops, and God have mercy on this cardinal, uh, Jose, uh, uh, Jose de Kessel of Brussels, personally signed it. I'll tell you what, man, at his exit interview, that's not going to go well for that dude. I'm just telling it like it is. He's been made the Archbishop of Brussels in 2015 by Pope Francis. I hope Pope Francis regrets that one now. And then was elevated to a cardinal a year later. Sounds like he wasn't. I'm sorry, but these are the kind of guys that are undermining the Catholic faith. And bishops, cardinals, the Pope are all have a job description to confirm us in our faith, not to have us become disillusioned about our faith. Now, another archbishop who's, a, who's what I consider a man that speaks the truth, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, had yesterday issued a strong rebuke to the Belgian bishop, saying that it's absolutely impossible to reconcile the teachings of the gospel with the deviations of these heretics who abuse their power, and he nailed it, and authority as pastors, using it for the very opposite purpose for which Christ instituted the sacred hierarchy of the church. You know, you can say this. If the devil was voting on this right now, you know what he'd vote on? What those bishops in Belgium voted for. Uh, they don't realize it, I assume, but they're, they're going right into some big problems. Now, Mueller insists that the bishops of the church are not above the word of God. Cardinal Pell said that about the Pope, about all of us. We can't just decide we're going to have a, a meeting and say, well, let's change this teaching on same-sex marriage and let's change this uh, Ten Commandment program and have a new commandment that says, thou shalt commit adultery. No, we can't do that. So I'm mentioning this, that the Belgian bishops, their public support of homosexual relationships which includes a blessing, is a former transgression of competence within respect to the universal church and a heretical opposition to revealed truth of the creator's specific blessing on marriage and of man and woman. And he shows it right in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. I'm not in management, I'm in sales. But if I was in charge, I'm going to tell you, I'd fire those men and I would send them to an island to do penance for the damage they've caused to the body of Christ. That's my solution. Get those guys to repent and believe in the gospel because what they're doing is destroying faith in Christ. Yeah. So when speaking about revealed truth of God, here he is. He's going to take us to school, folks. The German prelate also reminds us that it is recorded unbridged and unadulterated by the church and the teaching of the apostles. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and that it cannot be overcome, supplemented, corrected by any speculative or empirical science from the created reason of man. See, that's what they're doing. They're using the reason of man. We want to do this. But the Belgian bishops, the cardinal said, on the contrary, are now obscuring the teachings of Christ and his church 
and they're undermining the faith, more importantly. And they're going to be held accountable for this. God have mercy on them. And God have mercy on all the people who are being misled. That's why I say, all of us, we have to be like first century Christians again. We have to be willing to be arrested, yeah, for the faith. They're going to come to Jesse at my door, and they're going to say, are you the guy that does? Yeah, that's right, that's me. Yeah, because you know what? It's true what I'm saying, and I'm not going to compromise. Now, according to Mueller, such actions on part of the Belgian bishops, it's not pastoral care that they call this. And I love what he said. The true pastoral care of the Catholic Church has the task of leading people to God in the way of Christ, the Good Shepherd. Well said, Cardinal Mueller. Any of this other baloney that tries to water down the Catholic faith, that's not leading people to God. It's leading people to hell. All right, I said it. This includes the invitation to overcome with the help of grace our selfish inclinations and temptations to sin and to live a life as it is pleasing to God, therefore also as it is good for us and makes us happy in God. See, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. See, what Cardinal Mueller is giving us is a biblical worldview. I mean, I'm a married man. I'm called to chastity. What are they going to come up and say? Let's have a blessing for unchaste couples who have committed adultery. That's pastoral care. No! You know what that pastoral care is? Hey, repent! You're committing a mortal sin here. You're objectively committing a mortal sin offends God and can send you to hell. That's pastoral care. Now, I have to say, uh, Cardinal Mueller tells the Flemish bishops, he published a statement on pastoral care for homosexual persons on September 20th or 22. They also propose a kind of liturgy. This is what these bishops in, in uh, Europe or, or in Belgium are, are proposing to do. And they're doing it. They, they think they can refer to Amoris Laetitia, which is totally erroneous. Pope Francis's ambiguous document that on chapter 8 gives the impression that, hey, if your first marriage doesn't work, go ahead. Get married again, you'll still be able to receive Holy Communion. That's not what the scriptures say. So in doing so, they are taking the highest teacher of the church as a crown witness for this so-called inclusive pastoral ministry without with turning away from sin. Without turning away from sin. Have we forgot something? Yeah. There's such a thing as sin. Such an approach, however, is diametrically opposed to what? The word of God on marriage and family life and the creation of man and woman. However, the well-meaning intentions of these bishops are not going to be well-received at their judgment seat. And I would just say, let's pray for the Belgian bishops because this article, <coughs> excuse me, this article will go on more and we don't have the time for the next segment, but the authority of Jesus Christ revealed in Jesus Christ, broken down, is very clear on its moral teachings. These, change, these teachings cannot change no matter who says they can. Even if it was the Pope, uh, we have to stick with the magisterium and we call the perennial teachings of the church. And you know what? That's what Vatican II said at the beginning of the council. Their number one aim was to be, make sure that the doctrine is passed on authentically 
Well, do you think Vatican II has been implemented well? No. I can name, I could go on an hour talk on that. Talk about mis being misled. Yeah, and it's time for us to call these guys out in a very charitable way. And I mean, we love them. They're leading souls to hell. What am I going to do? Stay quiet? No, I'm not going to stay quiet. We can't stay quiet because if we stay quiet, we're going to participate in that sin by participation. And we're just not going to do that here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I want to remind you of great saints that have paid terrible prices, yeah, for speaking out and giving people the truth. And that's what Cardinal Mueller, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, Bishop Joseph Strickland. You notice one thing about all these guys? They work with us. Yeah, with Virgin Most Powerful. So when we come back, I want to share with you Mother Teresa's sisters, the missionaries of charity. What are they not willing to give up to get into China? And when you hear this, you're going to go, God, these girls, they need to teach Pope Francis something about negotiating with the Chinese because they're talk tough women. Yeah, they're telling the president of China, go pound sand. We do not compromise one iota. And I'll tell you what, that was our big mistake with the agreement in China with the Vatican. They gave terrible agreements that are affecting the salvation of souls in China and elsewhere. Stay with us, family. When we come back, we'll talk about the missionaries of Syria, why they won't give up their what to join, be able to get into China. I love these girls. They're wonderful. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse will be back tomorrow. He just had a doctor's appointment. I mentioned that missionaries of charity, Mother Teresa's order, will not give up the habit to enter China. And it's interesting because the head of a missionaries of charity congregation remains unwilling to compromise on its blue-striped white cotton Sarah, the trademark of the habit of the congregation uh, founded by Mother Teresa. And uh, basically the Chinese government is saying, look, uh, if you don't do it, you can't come in. And she says, we cannot do this. So guess what? We'll leave it in God's providence. We'll get there eventually. We're on the long, we take the long run on this. Now, there's more than 5,000 nuns. Do you realize that worldwide, serving in 139 countries? And uh, yeah, Mother Teresa had a dream of entering China back in 95. It was an interview. She died in 97. But um, it's right. she says, um, these challenges cannot stop us. We do not feel insecure. We trust in God and keep doing God's work. So I, they have an attitude of gratitude, and they're just going to continue to fight the good fight. But the thing that I like about these sisters is that they're hardcore, man. They don't, I mean, communist China's president says, hey, you got to do it under our terms. And what are your terms? Oh, well, that's fine. Next. I think that they probably thought she was going to be like the Vatican and just give the house away. I mean, no. These girls, these Mother Teresa's nuns, they're tough girls. I love these girls because they're willing to stand up to a bully, which is China. All right, I wanted to give you a good story at the end to lift you up. I know we had Padre Pio's feast on the 23rd of September. We've talked about the Padre Pio Center out in Pennsylvania. But um, 
If you talk about the uh, miraculous healings that have happened in the Catholic Church over 2,000 years, I think the one I'm going to share really is up there, probably the top 100 at least. Because this little girl, Anna Marie Gemma Delgario, she was a, a poor blind girl from Italy, and she had no pupils in her eyes. Now, uh, this is interesting because the doctor said that in 1971, I find no sight at all. And when I was three months old, my mother took me to a famous eye doctor. And he told me without pupils, you'll never be able to see. Well, some claim she may have had pupils, but that her birth defect was so severe they were not recognized as such. In looking at the photos, I couldn't tell either way. Well, in 1946, this little girl was seven years old, and a nun took her upon herself to write to the famous stigmatic, stigmatic priest, Padre Pio, on Anna's behalf. God bless that nun. And received a note saying, she should be brought to Padre Pio and San Giovanni Ritondo. So, this is, you know, rather a barren territory. I've been there. It's, it's pretty <laughs> desolate. Uh, it's a damp cold in the autumn and the winter and austere like the monks would live. Many thousands sought his counsel or healing at this time. That's exactly what Mama did. She brought the girl to see the famous Capuchin who heard the child's first confession. Remember, she was seven. Gave her Holy Communion and then made a sign of the cross on her eyes. After the visit, Gemma was able to see. It's a fact that's beyond question, confirmed by the amazed doctors. The question comes, did she really lack pupils, or was her entire eye one large pupil, making it seem that way? We know only that there was a severe defect and that although the physical defect remained unchanged, afterward Gemma was able to see normally. Does that blow you away? See, these miracles, I love them. More astounding still may be thoroughly documented cure of this construction worker named Giovanni Savino, Italiano, severely injured in February 15, 1949 in a dynamite mishap while preparing to blast a boulder to get an opening. It was Giovanni's routine to head for church each morning, God bless him, before the setting off for work and afterwards. So he had a great love for Jesus and the Eucharist. Does that tell us we should too? Yes. Like many others, he would wait outside of the sacristy for the holy man's blessing. This day, when Giovanni asked for his anointing, Padre Pio gave the workman a warm hug and said, Courage! I'm praying to the Lord that you will not die. What? Die? One can imagine Giovanni's being upset. Padre Pio was known as a prophet and one who usually was right. And if we can excuse the oppression, he was dead on. You get it? <laughs> Giovanni was petrified. Padre Pio, what's going to happen to me? He asked in a dread in earnest. Padre Pio answered him with silence. The following three mornings when Giovanni went for his customary blessing, Padre said the same upsetting thing. 
And Giovanni reacted with the same fright. And when the same ominous words were uttered the fourth day, the worker had enough and wondered aloud if he should call off work for the time being, the crew. However, intent on work, he went ahead, leveling the earth for the addition. That afternoon, Giovanni and his partner placed a charge of dynamite under a boulder, lit the fuse, and then waited as if it failed to detonate. What was wrong? After a short while, they went to find out, checking the charge, which blew up in Giovanni's face. The workman was in a bad, bad way. A shower of rocks had fallen on him, embedded in his flesh. His face was scorched, much of his facial skin torn off. Wow. Most reverent, relevantly, where one there had been an eye, there was now just pus. One of the doctors, a physician, as well as Father Domingo Meyer, rushed to the injured man to the side. All three noted that among his injuries, his right eye was entirely gone. On this, they concluded the socket was empty. Other doctors confirmed the eye had been annihilated and his body badly damaged, okay, medically. Informed of the terrible event, that the devout Christian laborer was so diligent and prayerful that had been robbed of his sight, Padre appealed, di uh, digested the news of blindness, and replied succinctly, this is not for certain yet. Wow, you guys didn't even have an eyeball. How can you say that, Padre Pio? It was three days before the workman came to, his head and face swollen with bandages. Who knew what went through the mind as he laid pondering the nurses tend to him? One dismayed day, he's thinking, what happened? On the evening of the, his 10th day in the hospital, the blinded laborer was praying the rosary when he smelled what later he called the aroma of, par of paradise. It was a heavenly smell as if someone with perfume or cologne was standing next to his bed. He felt with a sixth sense that it was Padre Pio standing next to him. Give me back my sight, Padre Pio, or let me die, pleaded Savino. I cannot live like this. A week later, February 25th, 1949, about 1 a.m., Savino felt a slap on the right side of his face, the slide where his eye had been, and, and asked, Who touched me? Testified the injured workman. There was nobody. But again, I smelled the aroma. It was beautiful. When later, the, the, the um, optometrist, uh, the uh, atheist, came to examine the remaining eye, shocked to their amazement, writes the biography, the doctors found that his shattered face was fully healed and covered with new skin. I love it! But what's most amazing, Salvino, was the fact that he had regained his vision. I can see you, he shouted to the specialist. Oh my gosh, what a great story. And indeed, as it medically documented his utter astonishment, the doctor saw that Savino had his right eye back. It wasn't seeing out of the badly damaged one, rather, the one he had been turned to a bloody gel, yet somehow reconstructed. It left the doctors no doubt that they witnessed a miracle according to a Protestant writer, Bernard Ruffin, who received all the records. See, these things happen. <clears throat> Once released from the hospital, yeah, he beat his path to the friary to thank Padre Pio. Yeah, I would too, man. 
This story is on the spiritual uh, on spiritual da- spiritual excuse me Spirit Daily's website. The girl with the missing pupils. Check it out. I want to thank you again. And remember <clears throat> that movie, uh, Something Beautiful for God, a new documentary highlighting Mother Teresa's life and legacy. And it's, it's set to play in 960 screens early next month. That's in October. And I would encourage you and everyone, I'm going to go watch it. I sure hope you will too. And um, this will be taking place just in another week. So keep that in mind. Also, I, I really want you to go to the National Catholic Register. Take a look at that new website that explores the life and work of Pope Emeritus Benedict. I, I just think that they're doing great work. And I love write, reading his, his writings for the you know, time he was there, 11 years. They were so clear and unambiguous. You knew exactly what he meant. Also, there's a premiere, the uh, <coughs> world premiere of Disconnected, the real story behind the transgender explosion by Don Johnson. I'll be recording a show uh, this afternoon with him and the good work he's doing. And uh, just go to uh, disconnectmovie.com and you can check all that out there. Also, I want to thank everybody who's been so supportive of Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I can't, uh, you know, I like to thank you every day, but I just want to thank you right now because without your donations, Virgin Most Powerful Radio doesn't work. Now, um, we have a new show coming up next month that uh, it's going to be a great show from Austria. We'll be coming up hearing more about that soon. We keep growing because of you, our listeners. And if Jesse was sitting in his chair, he's at the doctor's right now, I'd say, Jess, what state should we be living in? And of course, Jesse would say, state of grace, Terry. And I'd say, yep, that's where we need to stay. How do we do that, Jess? He'd say, hey, go to confession. Take uh, reparation for the sins of the world and for your own sins. Make everything a sacrifice. Pray your rosary. Read your Bible every day. Live in the presence of God as we practice what we get here in heaven if we live faithful lives. Remember Our Lady of Fatima. I say it all the time. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. What sacrifices can we give? Well, I'll tell you. Make everything a sacrifice and you don't have to think about it. Again, I want to thank you for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse will be back tomorrow.